Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Daf Kuf Gimel Aleph, six lines into the page. We quoted a Brisa. The, the reason why we quoted the Brisa is because we wanted to say whether you're allowed to do chalitza on a sock. It depends. If it's leather, then it's considered the right material, then you could do chalitza on a sock. But if you if you do chalitza on, on fabric, it's not good. And that's the Brisa basically spoke at. Now the Gemara is analyzing a certain line from the Brisa. The Brisa says, Kavakita. The Brisa said that if a person does chalitza with a kavakita, kavakita means someone who's uh, an amputee, so they would carve out, he has a stump instead of a foot, so you'd have a piece of wood, like a wooden shoe, make a carve, and they would put the stump in. So the halacha is that that's considered a shoe in halacha, and you could take it off, and it would be yaitze chalitza. So the Gemara says, Kavakita money. Who's the author that a stump, a, the, the wooden shoe of an amputee is considered a shoe in halacha? It's Rameir. It's a machloikas, Rameir and Rabbi and Hilcha Shabbos, whether someone who's an amputee can wear that wooden foot shoe thing outside of an Erev on Shabbos, right? Obviously, you're allowed to wear shoes outside of the Erev, but you're not allowed to bring something that's not considered a shoe. So the halacha is, it's non. Hakita v'yaitze b'kashle de Rameir. Rameir says an amputee can go out with his wooden foot because it's considered a shoe in halacha. Oh, Rav Yaisi Oymer, I'm pleased to beg it. Rav Yaisi says, Rav Yaisi Oyser, I'm sorry. Rav Yaisi says, it's Oser. So Rav Yaisi does not consider it a shoe. So that machleika is so too is over here. So Rav Meir is the author that holds that it's a shoe, that a kavakita is considered a shoe in halacha. Now here's the problem. The problem is, there's a little bit of a contradiction within the b'risa. And the b'risa starts off, the b'risa is saying that there's a distinction between a sock. A sock of leather is considered yoytza, but of other materials is not yoytza. Why? Seemingly because it has to be leather, as we learned that yesterday. Yesterday's daft, that from tachash, that the type of shoe that you need for chalitza is leather only. Here's the problem. So then how could Rav Meir, in that same b'risa, be okay with that wooden stump if it's made out of wood and not leather? It's a contradiction within the b'risa. The b'risa started off by making a distinction between a leather sock and a non-leather sock. That a leather sock is okay, a non-leather sock is not okay, seemingly because leather is what you need. But then the b'risa says you could use a wooden amputee stump thing, even though it's wood. So is is it does it have to be leather or not? So the Gemara speaks it out. Ampil Yishal Begadot the Rabbanon. So that's the Kasha. So the Gemara has a couple of answers. Am Rabbi and Midasefer Rabbanon Rishanami Rabbanon Vereishim Chupaar. The answer, the first answer is that really the entire Brisa holds that it has to be leather. I said, how could an amputee go out with a wooden stump? The answer is the stump is is wrapped up in leather. It's leather coated. So because it's wrapped up in leather, it's considered leather. So really, it always has to be leather. But this is considered leather in halacha. Okay. Amrli Rava, so Rava, here's the kasha. So you're telling me that when the Brysa says that you're allowed to go out with this stump, is allowed to go out with an amputee leg, with the stump. It's only okay if it's covered in leather. The kasha really is, and the Brysa should say that. And instead of the Brysa making a distinction between types of socks, it should say, forget about the sock, you don't have to go on to that. You should say, an amputee cannot go out with a stump of wood, Hani mili, when it's wrapped up in leather, when it's not wrapped up in leather, it's not. The fact that Bryce doesn't say that implies that it's always okay. So the Gemara is only rava. But if that wooden stump is not wrapped in leather, my, what's halachas posel? So ihachi, if that's the case, adetani seifa, bampilya shel beged. Then when the seifa says that if it's wrapped up in a, a, a fabric sock, 
is a problem, instead of going on to sock, it should say lift look puzzle. Forget about that. It should stick within the stump itself. Just tell me the stump. Meaning it says the stump's okay. But you tell me it's only okay if it's wrapped up in leather. So tell me that. Instead of going on, make a distinction with socks, just say the wooden stump is okay when it's wrapped up in leather. Well, it's, not, it's not okay. So just say that already. The Gemara says, so back to the original kasha, which is that if the brysa holds that a leather sock is okay and non-leather sock is not okay because it has to be leather, then why is a wooden stump okay? So the Gemara says, The answer is the entire brysa holds. You don't have to be leather to be yitz, and that's why a stump could be good. So what's the issue with a, a non-leather sock? The answer is, the entire brace is followed by Rameir, and it does not have to be leather at all. So what's the issue with a non-leather sock? The definition of clothing is that it protects. A leather sock protects. A wooden stump protects. A non-leather sock does not protect. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't form a protection. It doesn't provide protection. I don't know why. I guess they would wear it just to maybe make it, you know, um, I guess they would wear it maybe so that it was more comfortable in the shoe, but the point is, leather. The main answer is that it doesn't have to be leather. It has to just form. It has to be the purpose, which is the purpose of clothing. It has to protect. Leather socks protect. Wooden stumps protect. Non-leather socks don't protect. That's the shot. Okay. So the Gemara continues. Amar Amemar, Hayman Dechalitz. If you perform chalitza, tzarech lemidche karayu. Before you do chalitza, you have to push your foot into the ground. The reason for being, the reason for this is because we want to make it clear to everyone around you that the, sh- that the shoe is on tight. And we're afraid that if you don't push your foot into the ground, push it into the ground before you do chalitza. I say before because the Naid Behuda says that it has to be only before, not during. According to the Rosh, Kenzani have to do it during, but Pasha sits before. That before you do chalitza, the, 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 the Yavim has to push his foot into the ground, to drive his foot into the ground, so that the shoe is on tight. Because if the shoe is not on tight... When the woman takes off the shoe, people might think it really fell off. It was slipping off anyway. So you have to push your foot down into the ground tight to, to make a seal. But wait a minute. The Brisa says you could do chalitza whether he's standing, sitting, or leaning. Seemingly, if he's leaning, he's not pushing his foot into the ground. The answer is no. No, he's leaning, but he's still pushing his foot into the ground. It's an interesting kasha term. Let's say you have someone who, due to you know a deformity, his leg is inverted. So instead of walking on the, the sole of his foot, he's actually walking on the arch. He's walking on the top. The halach is lechalitz. He can't do chalitza because the, for him to do chalitza, I guess um, it's not called a foot in halacha. Such a deformed thing is not called a regel. The Mishnah says that you could do chalitza with foot supports. That's someone who can't walk and seemingly, I guess, such a deformity. It kind of looks like that where the supports are on top of the leg and the leg is inverted. And this is saying that you're Yotza. So you see, you could be, you could do, a cripple could do chalitza in such as, even though he can't walk and even though his feet are deformed. The answer is, The answer is no. Someone who's crippled taka can't do chalitza like that. The case that he could do chalitza is where those supports that a cripple wears, if he gave it to a regular healthy person and the healthy person took it off, it's considered a shoe. Meaning, it's considered a shoe. It's just the problem is someone who's crippled, his legs are deformed, they're not considered feet. So when the Mishnah says you could do chalitza with a crippled 
foot support, it means if a healthy person were to wear such foot support. Okay. Um, Ravashi, Ravashi says, According to what Amemar says, that if your inverted legs, they're not considered feet, and you can't do chalitza, then that would prevent Baruva and Barkifov from doing chalitza. This is a Gemara Maikon, if you remember in Davchavhei, it talks about how two people um, caused Ravashi Agwas Nefesh, I think they were like eulogizers, and because they caused him pain, they caused him discomfort, their legs became inverted as like a curse. So he's saying they came to Chalitza. Ravashi pointed it out, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, the Mishnah said that if someone is an amputee, then if you remove the stump, it depends. Or the support, whatever he puts on his feet. So if it's under the knee, it's fine. Above the knee is not okay. Because above the knee, because the Mishnah, the Pasuk says regarding Chalitza, it's, it's regel. It says the Lushan of regel, which is feet. And above the knee is not a regel. Or minu, wait a minute, I have a kasha. It says regolim. Regolim means that there's a mitzvah to be oil regel. Prat lebali kavin. The, the, the Gemara in Chagiga tells us that prat lebali kavin. That someone who's an amputee and who does not have feet, he has fake feet, he's not chayiv to be oil regel because he doesn't have a regel. So wait a minute. So by chalitza, where it says a lashon regel, you could take off the shoes. But by oil regel, which is the same lashon regel, you're not obligated. What's the difference? The answer shani The answer is you're right. Regel would exclude someone who's an amputee. Why over here are you chayiv to do chalitza? Because it says me'al ragle. Me'al is inclusive, so it's including someone who doesn't have a foot, but as long as he has a leg above, below the knee, he could do chalitza. So for oil regalim, where it doesn't have an extra lotion, it just it depends on whether you have a foot or not. If you're missing a foot, chasashalm, then you're not chayv oil regal. But chalitza, chalitza, where uh, there's an extra lotion of me'al, me'al is inclusive to say that if you don't have a foot, you're still obligated. Oh, but if, you, if you're missing above the knee, knee and up is no good. So Gemara says, why? Why, why don't you say that the, the same way the Pasuk is in, it, me'al ragloi includes above the foot, maybe it includes above the knee. The answer is me'al v'loi me'al demal. The answer is no. There's the foot, there's above the foot which is included, but the knee is above above. It's two, it's two madregas which are not included in the Pasuk. Am Rav Papa. Shema Mino. Rav Papa says, you learn from here, Ha'istavira ad Aranachis. The fact that we're saying right now that you could only go one bo- one step above the foot, that shows you that there is no ligament connecting the ankle, separating the ankle from the heel. Meaning that you have the heel and you have the ankle. The ankle is considered a part of the heel. Because if you actually think there are joints disconnecting the heel, from the leg above it, because then when you have the foot, you have the leg, and you have the ankle. So right now we're saying that the leg is okay because it's only one step above, but the knee is two steps. Now, if the ankle has ligaments, then why don't you look at it as the foot, then there's the ankle, then there's the calf. The fact that we don't say that means that there is no there is no joints that separate it, because if there was, then the calf would be two madrigas above, and that would be a problem. So the answer is no. Even if you talk a say, there are joints that disconnect the heel from the calf, but the ankle is small and close enough to the foot that it's considered part of the foot. Okay. Now, we're basically saying that the term regel, which 
what you're high for chalitza is foot, leg, foot and leg, but not above the knee. Here's the kasha. We're going to have psukim, five psukim in Tanakh, where the regel is actually referring to thighs. So you're telling me that if someone's missing a knee and below. So he just has a thigh, he can't do chalitza because it says regel. The problem is there are psukim that imply the reg, the thigh is called a regel. And most of them, the Gemara is going to say, it doesn't actually mean that it's just a euphemism and the Torah just doesn't want to describe the thigh because it's describing more inappropriate places. So it just uses a regel uh, for a nicer lotion. But the, let's go through the Gemara's kasha. The Gemara says... This is the only one the Gemara actually answers in the classical way. The other four are the same answer. The Gemara says, the Pasuk says, one of the curses that the Shilya, that the afterbirth, uh, after a woman gives birth, it's going to be coming between her Raglayim. Now, obviously that part of the body is between the thighs. So you see, a thigh is called a Regal. The answer is no. When a woman crouches to give birth, she pulls her legs, her feet back, to touch her thighs. So over there, it could be the afterbirth is actually coming between her feet, and it's called regal. It doesn't mean thighs, it actually means between her feet, because she pulls her feet back to be pinned against her thighs. So therefore, the shilya is actually coming, ben regleha, and regleha actually means feet, it does not mean thighs. But now we're going to have four cases, four psukim, where the thigh is called regal, and the answer to all of them is that it's a euphemism, and it's just picking a nicer lotion. The Pesach describes Mephibosheth that he was mourning um, the departure of, King, of David HaMelech from Yishalayim, that he didn't cut his hair and he didn't clean the, the, the pubic hair. And it says he didn't prepare the part of the body called Raglov. So you see that's a thigh. And it says regal, so you see that regal is not just a lotion of feet, it's a regal, it's a lotion of thighs. Well, the answer is lishna ma'alya. The answer is, really regal means feet, so why is it picking that lotion over there? Because it's a nicer lotion, it's a euphemism. But it's not actually the accurate term of regal. Regal technically means feet, it doesn't mean thigh. The Gemara has three more examples, three more kashas and terutsim, same kashas and terutsim. Tashima, the yovishol lahosich al raglav. Shol came and it's uh, to urinate and it says lahosich al raglav, to cover up his thighs. Because when you when you go to the bathroom, you, you, not to urinate, when you cover up you cover up that lower part of the body, and it says raglov, and you see that thighs are are, are considered uh, raglov. So the answer is lishna ma'alya again. Uh, it's a euphemism. Tashima achmeisichu es raglov becheder mekare. He is covering his raglayim in the cool chamber. Um, this is talking about Egloin, who was very heavy, and he went to the bathroom. That he was actually killed. He was killed by Ehud. Um, and people, the, the the guards just thought he was in the bathroom. And it says a lotion in the bathroom of Aglaim. The answer is Lishma Alya. The last one is Bain Regaleha. This is talking about Sisra, that Yael lived with Sisra, and it says that he crouched between her Aglaim. That was a euphemism for, for living together. And he said, to thighs. And you see, Raglaim is a lotion, it is being used for thighs, even though it means feet. The answer is Lishma Alya. Okay. The Gemara now, Agav, again, Yael lived with Sisra. Now, the reason why that was allowed halachically, even though it's Gila Arayas, which is L'chari Yahar Gvayavers, is a very famous Taisvis in, in, in Sanhedrin, that Karka Ulam Haisa, that women, uh, they don't do an act, they're, they're passive. So it's not considered uh, Gila Arayas. It's not considered an act of Gila Arayas, and therefore it's not Yahar Gvayavers for a woman. It's Yahar Gvayavers for a man, but not a woman. But the Gemara says, Amr, uh, before we get to the Gemara, says, Amr Yechon, Sheva Bilas Balay Se Rasha Bay Sehayoy. Sisra lived with Yael seven times because it says a Lushan of Kareya 
Seven times Shinemet. Bein regalea kara nafal shachav. Bein regalea kara nafal. Kara sham nafal shdud. So it says the lashon of kara and nafal and shachav. It says those lashonos seven times. I so the Gemara says hakamasani meavera. Here's the kasha. I understand that it's not your yaver, but the pasuk describes it as like shevach. The question is, didn't she get hano? She still lived with a man, even if even if she was. Forced to do it, not forces and rape, but forces in to protect Klaiyusar because she was trying to get Sisu to be tired, and then she ended up killing Sisu, which protected Klaiyusar. But didn't she get Hano? The answer is no. All benefit from Goyim, go to the next page. It's a raw for Tzadik, meaning there was no benefit from, from Yal. Yal was so disgusted to have such tumma into her body that she was there was no benefit from her. There was no benefit from her, uh, uh, from her perspective. How do I know that even when a, a rush is trying to, to do good for a person, the pleasure is repulsive to tzaddikim? Shanem, as it says, Hashem told Lovon, be careful not to talk to, ya- to Yaakov, good or bad. Now, I understand, Bishlam, I understand why Hashem told ya- Lovon not to talk to Yaakov about bad things. Okay, Lachai, that makes sense. You don't want him to to be aggressive and to yell at Yaakov. Why, why can't he say good things to Yaakov? It shows you that even when a Russia is trying to do good, it's bad for a tzaddik. Now, what's the practical bad? Now, the practical bad over there is that if you speak, if they speak in a positive way, Goyim. Uh, even when they're happy, they sometimes, you know, they think they're gods. So Yaakov, even when he's speaking positively to Yaakov, it could be bad because Lovan can thank his god in the honor of Yaakov, which is not allowed. Elohachab, in the case of Yael, my raw ikka, what's the raw, what's the bad when Sisra lived with her? The answer is the kashadi bazuma, because Sisra brought impurity into Yael. That Maisa connected her to sister, which brought impurity into her. says, Whatever this means, that the Nachash lived with Chava, it put impurity, a Yetzahara, into the people, into people. The Jewish people who sent her Harsinah to accept the Torah, impurity was removed from them. Yeah, we might have gotten it back. Unfortunately, by uh, the 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 eagle, but but goyim who never on harsinai they never had it removed. Okay, now the Mishnah said that if you do chalitza with a shoe that's not yours, a borrowed shoe, it's kosher. Taner abona naloi. The pasuk says she shall remove his shoe. Ainly elan aloi. I only know it's you. You could do chalitza if he owns it. Now shall call other and How do I know that you could do chalitza if he's borrowing the shoe but he doesn't own it? Tamalim now. Now I'm the Komakim, any shoe. Im came out time learn now. So why did it say Naloi, which implies his shoe if it could be anyone's shoe? He says, Nala Heroiloi. It means a shoe that fits him. Pratla Godoshin Yachalalach boy. Pratla Kodoshin Chaviragraloi. Pratla Sandal Hamasuloyim Shane Laekiv. It means a shoe that you can't walk. It excludes a shoe you can't walk. A shoe that's too big or too small. Or a shoe that has no sole. But you don't actually have to own it. Abaya Havakoi Kameder of Yosef. Abaya was in front of Rav Yosef. And if you learn through Shas, you see that Rav Yosef's methodology of teaching, and not just uh, uh, Rav Yosef, Rabba, to be honest with you, but Abaya's was always tested. So Rabba always tested Abaya. He never tested Rabba as much. I guess Abaya's style of learning was he liked to be tested. I guess that's what they figured out. So Abaya had another Rebbe that was Rav Yosef. 
So the Gemara says, Abaya have a koi kamida of Yosef. Asi Yavamalachlo. It's a certain Yavama came when Abaya was in front of Yosef. To do chalitza. Amrle havli sandalo. So Yosef said to his student Abaya, give, give the Yavam your sandal. Now, this is a situation where the Yavam will be borrowing Abaya's sandal, which the Misha said is kosher, but seemingly is bidiyevid. So Abaya was a little confused by this. So Yavle sandal de smile. He gave, he gave him his left shoe. To put on his right foot. I Meaning he gave him the left shoe. That was Abaya's way of saying, I'm going to do this, but I'm not happy about this. So he was passing the test. So the Gemara says, go to the next. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so the Gemara continues. So Rav Yosa said to Abaya, giving the left shoe is only the Evid. He's using the he putting the left shoe on the right foot. That's only b'diavet. So Amrli Abayah said, "Well, you're telling me to give him my shoe. He's using a borrowed shoe, which is already b'diavet. So once it's already b'diavet, let him use a left shoe also." So he says, "Amrli, hachi kamin alach." So Rav Yosef said, "Oh, you pass the test, but this is what I want you to do. Give him your shoe, but instead of borrowing it, tell him to be kainet." I given him as a matanam and asachser, a gift that he has to give back. That way, you don't lose your shoe. But he could be yoytze, uh, he could be yoytze, and it's not considered a borrowed shoe. Okay, sandal shalates. The Mishnah said that a wooden sandal is valid for chalitza. Mantanu, who is the author, that it doesn't have to be leather. Amr Shmuel Rav Meir, he, as we said before, it's not hakiti yoytze bekav shaloi. Div Rav Meir, it's following Rav Meir, who said that a amputee can uh, can go out with a wooden stump. Rav Yosi Yosi, Rav Yosi holds it's no good because it's not leather. So the Gemara responds, no, another alternative is The truth is, it could be that when it says in the Mishnah you could be Yaitza with a wooden shoe, it means wooden that's covered in leather, and then it's according to everybody. Okay. Here's the last sugya. It's a little bit of a tricky sugya. Sugya is like this. The Gemara continues. The Gemara says like this. Amar of Papi, Mishmei Sandal Hamuzger. Right? We know that that someone who's a Mitzayra has two different stages. There's a Tzayra Musker, which means that we're not sure. It might be Tzaras, so we sort of quarantine them to see what happens. And then there's Mukhla, where it's for sure Tzaras. So the Gemara over here, till the end of the daf, will be discussing what to do, what's the Halacha, if you have a shoe that had Tzaras. Can you use a shoe that had Tzaras? So Amr Rafa Mishidirav, Sandal HaMusker. If it's a shoe that's musker, so we're not sure whether it has saras. It has saras on it, but it's a sandal hamusker. So the halacha is. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. So it's sandal hamusker. Yeah, I just want to see. Um, yeah, so it's it's there's saras, but we're not sure. So they're putting the shoe in quarantine. So the halacha is loitachloitz. L'chachili, you should not use it. But if you did, it's kosher. Because you don't have to burn it during the time of musker. But, mukhlet, but if you use a shoe that had a chalitza mukh, a, 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 a mitzara mukhlet, which it had definitive tzaras, loy tachlitz, you should not do chalitza. And if you did, it is not yotza. Why? So Rashi says, the reason why it's not yotza, dilaserifakoy. Um, because it's supposed to be burnt. And anything, it's called something that's meant to be burnt, it's as if it's already burnt. If it's already burnt, it's less than the shear. So because it's less than the shear, right, the shear has to cover the foot, so because it's meant to be burnt, it's kilo, it's already burnt, it's less than the shear. Because it's less than the shear, you're not yoitz.
Why? As we'll see in a few moments, because there is a pasuk that tells us that the clothing of tzaras, even though it's supposed to be burnt, it still has a status of clothing in halacha regarding toma. So, Rav Papa Meshri the Rava feels that if it's considered clothing, even though it's supposed to be burnt, for whatever reason, regarding regarding Tumah, so too it is for Chalitza. Okay. But you have a Machloikas. So, Mesa, have a Kasha. So, according to the first opinion, they're both arguing in Rava, but Rav Papi says in the name of Rava that if you did, if you used a shoe of a Muchlet, you're not Yaitza B'diyavet, and Rav Papa in the name of Rava says you are Yaitza B'diyavet. Mesa, have a Kasha. Bayis HaMusker. Let's say you have a house that has Saras, but it's Saras Musker, so it's not definitive Saras. Yeah, we're still in quarantine. Metame Metoichai. It becomes Tame if you touch the inside of the house, like the inside of the walls. Mochlet. If it's Saras Mochlet, it's Metame Metoichai Machayra. It's Tame whether you touch the inside or the outside of the wall. Vezevezem Metame Bia. And both of these houses contaminate if you enter the house. Veisal Ketaitach Kid Mechtaf Dami. Now, if you're telling me that a mitzvah muchlet, tzaras muchlet is meant to be burned, so it's considered it's already burned, so it doesn't have a shear, then how how is a house that has muchlet tame? How does it contaminate? Habola bayis veleka. The pasuk says it's only tame when you enter the house. Now, if you're telling me it's supposed to be burned, then it's not a house anymore. It's a pile of ash. If it's a pile of ash, then it can't contaminate. So the answer is no. Shani has and dormer kavan not it's a bayis. Over there, it's different. Normally, you're right. If it's meant to be burnt, it's already burnt. But when it comes to contaminating the house, it's different because the Pasuk says you shall destroy the house. And that tells you that even when it's meant to be destroyed, it's still considered a house. It's Okay? Another Kasha. Tashima, Matlis. Sheyesh by Shalosh Shalosh. You have a piece of fabric that's three by three fingers. Three by three fingers is the minimum size of a, of a garment that's able to contaminate. So you have this 3x3 three three that became t- tzaras. Even though it does not have a size of a kezayis, so it's a thin material, if it enters the, the, if, if the majority of this, this material enters a house with tzaras, meaning if the materials have tzaras and enters a house, it contaminates the house. Now, what type of tzaras are we talking about? Again, muchlet has to be burnt. So my love, muchletas, is it not referring to muchlet? And even though it's supposed to be burnt, you see it's still considered has the shear, right? It's supposed to be burnt, but it has to have a shear of three by three. So you see that even though it's supposed to be burnt, it's still considered having a shear? The answer is loy muskeres. It's talking about saras musker. And saras musker doesn't have to be burnt. But if it was muchlet, it would be already considered as if it's already burnt, it would not have the proper shear to contaminate the house. Oh, wait a minute. Iachi, I'm going to finish the brisa. The Brysa says, let's say you have this 3x3, three three, but it's so thick, such thick material, that it has many kazaisim to it. The halach is that even if a, a, a third of, a ta- not the majority of the garment enters the house, but a small percentage of the, of the garment enters the house, but it has a kazayis, the halach is it contaminates the house. Where is that learned out from? That's learned out from Tamimais, that a kazayis, it, it contaminates, even though it's not the arrival of the shir. Now, if you tell me that the Bryce is talking about Muchlet, we have a connection between Tamimais and Muchlet. 
But if you're telling me that it's talking about Saras and Musgeres, there's no connection between Tami Meis and Musgeres. So it must be it's talking about Mukhlit. If it's talking about Mukhlit, it has to be burnt. You see that even though it's supposed to be burnt, it's still considered having the shear. So too, by, by Chalitza, if you, if you do Chalitza with a shoe of Mukhletes, it should be Yotza. So the answer is no. Hi, uh, the Gemara says, Shani the answer is really it's talking about Mukhlet. And really it's supposed to be burnt. So why does, how does it have a shear of 3 by 3 The answer is, Karav is a beged. It's the same thing that we said with the, with the house. It says you should burn the beged. Meaning to tell you, Even when you're supposed to burn it, it's considered beged. So really, no, normally that something's supposed to be burnt, it's considered already burnt and it has no shear. But over here, even though it's supposed to be burnt, it's considered as if uh, it still has a shear. So that's why by Tumah. So here's the kasha. So learn that out. So say the same thing by chalitza, right? You do chalitza with a shoe that has saras, that's mochlet. Rav Papi says, no good, because it's, it's, it's supposed to be burnt. But that same garment is able to contaminate because there's a special puzzle that says, even when it's supposed to be burnt, it still has a shear. If it has a shear, then why can't you do chalitza? The answer is, iser mit We do not compare tumah from iser. So when it comes to tumah, it's still considered has a shear. But when it comes to iser, not. Whether it's musker or mochlet, you can do chalitza. And if you have a sandal of avodas kachavim, that they would put it on the bottom of the idol when they would walk. The halacha is. Uh, you should not use these shoes. But if you did it, it's kosher. Why is it kosher? Look at the first Rashi, the wide lines. Why is it? So Muskar it's kosher, but the Eved, because it doesn't have to be burnt. Mochlet is kosher, but the Eved, because we learn out, this follows the view of Rav Papa in the name of Rava, that that because it's, even though it's supposed to be burnt, it still has a shear, because regarding Tumah, we learn out that a beggar that has saras still has a shear, even though it's supposed to be burnt, so too by Iser. Um, and the reason why you don't have to burn anything that's, uh, that's, that's, that's being used by the idol itself does not have to be burnt, and because it doesn't have to be burned, and it's meant to travel, it is not. Uh, it is not meant to burn. You could be yotze b'diavet. Now, yeah, one second. Yeah. Uh, the reason being, by the way, is because anything that's used by the item itself, you could be mavatel. A guy can be mavatel. So because it's shaykh bittel. It does not have to be burnt. But then the Brisa continues. Shall takroivis avidizara. But if it's considered takroivis avidizara, that's given to the idol as a carbon or as a gift, that is not shaykh bittel. Meaning, if used by the car, the idol itself as like clothing, that you could be mavatel, therefore it doesn't have to be burnt. But given to the idol as a gift or as a carbon, that's worse. Go to the next page. Shall irni dachas, or from the irni dachas city, which has to be burnt. Shall zakenos or it's for an older person, but he doesn't actually use the shoes. Meaning, what does that mean? Rashi says it's talking about tachrichim. If they put it on a nifter, uh, it's not meant to. It's not meant to walk, and 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 then it's also about no loy tachutz v'mchatzal chalitzasik pesulah. Possible. Well, we'll finish with this. You see from this that for a shoe to be considered a shoe, it has to be used for walking. Therefore, if it's designated to be worn by a dead body, 
it's not meant to be walking because they don't walk anymore, so it's not considered a shoe. So the Gemara says a kasha. I'm Lervin Lervashi. Maisha Zakanos the Why is it that by Tachrichim you can't use it to Lulchavid because it's not meant to walk? To Beidin and Ami. So then every time you go to the the Bezdin, they have a special Chalitza shoe. Now no one wears that, and yet it's considered a valid shoe. The answer is, it's not a matter of whether it's practically used to walking. It's whether it's meant to use for walking. And whether you could use it for walking. You see, Tachrichim, when it's dedicated for someone who passed away, no one can wear those shoes anymore. If you would, it would be deemed very disrespectful. The case of the, the shoe of Bezdin... You're right, it's meant for Chalitza. But if some, if one of the Rabbanim said, hey, it's raining out, can I wear these shoes? No, one would have Akbada. So because it could conceptually be used for walking, it's considered a shoe in Halacha. I'll stop here and pick up the summer.